On this episode of Life at the Ballpark, you'll hear the story of a man who gave up a successful TV career and the national spotlight to pursue his love for baseball. You know, the, the whole Branch Davidian siege, I'd covered it for CNN, I was there from start to two weeks after it ended. And after the 10-hour live broadcast, it was seen by something like 400 million people worldwide. Uh, I was walking up the road, heading back to the, the smolder. It was just a smolder that was a compound. And, and all I could think of was, damn, I missed opening day again. Welcome to the podcast, Life at the Ballpark, sharing stories from players, coaches, scouts, and broadcasters about their lives in baseball from the sandlots to the big league ballparks. Now, this podcast normally comes to you from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium in Jupiter, but today I have gone on the road. I have gone down the road slightly to West Palm Beach, Florida, home of the Houston Astros and the Washington Nationals at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, and you will find out why I've done this in just a minute. I'm John Frost, and my guest today is a fascinating fellow. His name is Mike Caps, and Mike is is a pro's pro. Uh, he does uh, baseball primarily for the Round Rock Express, just outside of Austin, and he's in spring training with the Houston Astros doing their broadcast. And Mike and I have sort of worked around each other for many years. We never knew each other. In fact, we were we were together the day before 9/11 to show you how long we've been around each other, but we've just met recently, and Mike has such a fascinating story I wanted to be able to share. Uh, first of all, Mike, thank you for being on my podcast. John, it's my pleasure. You are, to, to put it bluntly, you are living your dream. I don't think there's any way anybody that I know would argue with you about that, and I quite honestly say I'm stealing money, no doubt. Tell us the story of how you became a baseball play-by-play -play broadcaster because you have a rich, deep resume in areas that other people are going to recognize immediately when you tell your story. Well, I'm a former CNN correspondent. Uh, I was a baseball player before that. I had a chance to sign with the Montreal Expos. Didn't even know it when I was 18 years old. That came back to help me later on in life because a scout who wanted to sign me and I walked away from a tryout camp uh, was the same scout that signed and developed Nolan Ryan, and he also uh, looked at me and invited me to this tryout camp, and I walked away from it, but then I got back together with him later on in life. Got into the journalism business, ended up at CNN, and uh, I told some people I knew that if I was to sign another contract after covering Gulf War and all and the Branch Davidian seeds and all that kind of stuff, I wouldn't live through the next contract. I, I had come to the point of darkness that way, and that's basically it and there was something that happened to you after the Waco incident that you you like to share after the Branch Davidian well, thing yeah it was uh, such an intense time you know the the whole Branch Davidian siege we don't have time to go into right. all the detail of that but right. I'd covered it for CNN and I was there from start to two weeks after it ended and after the 10-hour live broadcast, it was seen by something like 400 million people worldwide. You were on the air on CNN for 10 straight hours. Yes, yes, yes. starting 6 a.m. to whenever we finished, 4 p.m. or whatever that was. And uh, walking up the road, heading back to the, the smolder. It was just a smolder that was a compound. And Dan Rather, whom I've known for years, walks up and says, hey, great job, partner. And then right after that, Peter Jennings. And these were the two top anchors in the country in those days, I would say. And, and 
John, you know it didn't mean as much probably as it should have at age 42 uh, coming through. I was in my 20th year in the business at that point. And all I could think of was, damn, I missed opening day again. And Worldwide historic story, and you're thinking about the I fact did, that you missed opening I, day. Yeah, and I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? And then uh, from there, it just kind of developed, and I, I just had found myself in utter darkness, really. So what did you do? You're at this moment in your career. You're obviously very successful as a TV newsman. But there's something about another life that you decide you want to investigate. It's, it's about a three-pronged uh, explanation. Two weeks before the event actually happened that sprung me free, ultimately, I was doing uh, a very light feature on an 80-year-old lady who was a morning drive disc jockey outside of Denver in the mountains. And the lady who was running the beauty shop where we were set up had, had come up to me and she said, I watched you cover the Gulf War, I watched you in Waco, but you are the darkest soul I have ever seen sit in one of these beauty chairs. Now, John, I'm making more money than I ever thought. I, I, I thought I was at the top of my craft and that gave me a whole, and I said, excuse me? And she said, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that. Two weeks later, I wake up with a bedpost in my hand, and I busted my head wide open with a bedpost. And that came, uh, and again, if you think there's not a God in heaven, you're not talking to me. <laughs> the therapist was a four-tour of duty side gunner on a copter and nom and a licensed Presbyterian lay minister, and we had, we, had to, we had to break it down. And it took three years of hard therapy and about 10 to 12 more years after that until the whole thing finally worked itself out. But by then I was in baseball and uh, the darkness of the news business and covering people who were in, in peril or dead or blown to pieces had, had gone out of my life, thank God. We'll be back to life at the ballpark right after this. Business owner, what do your callers hear when you place them on hold? Silence or a staticky radio that could advertise your competition? When business is on the line, turn hold time into soul time. Get a custom message on hold now at messageonholdnow.com. Messageonholdnow.com. And now back to our conversation with Mike Caps, play-by-play announcer for the Round Rock Express and the Houston Astros on Life at the Ballpark. So tell us about your love for baseball, and then tell us about how you went from that life to being a professional baseball announcer. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. My grandfather was a Pittsburgh Pirates prospect and went to World War I and came back with hearing loss because he fought in the Battle of the Argonne Forest. And you can look that one up. That was a hellacious battle and lost hearing in an ear. Came back, was working out with the Pirates, didn't have any balance. That was the end of his baseball career. But later on, at age nine, he gave me the game and he was with me all the way until the day he died. And that's the way the game started for me. On into high school, on into college, Red Murph, the scout who discovered Nolan Ryan, invited me to a tryout camp. Uh, after my senior year in, in high school, I could run. I ran two six four sixties for him. And uh, he actually had wanted to sign me, and I walked away from his camp because I wanted to hit against the best pitchers in Texas, and he, they weren't letting me do it. Turned out he was hiding me, trying to get me under the draft and sign me without other scouts seeing me. 
but later on, when I was producing a documentary for about Nolan Ryan in, in Dallas, I'd called Red, remembering he was the scout who discovered Nolan when Nolan came to the Rangers. And we're seated across from each other at a ballpark one night, and he looked at me and he said, you're the dumbest SOB I ever met in my life. And I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, here's, here's part one of that. Part one is, uh, what you didn't know was we were going to try to sign you that night, that day at that camp. But you left. But, but here's part two of why you're the dumbest. There were 12 Division I college coaches there asking about where you went. And I couldn't tell him. He goes to his pocket, pulls out his pocketbook, hands me a scout's card. I, I scouted part-time for him for seven, seven years. And then when I quit CNN, wrote the book. And there we are out there. And, and we're in front of Bob Starr with the Angels. And I'm asking him, am I too old at age 45 to get into the broadcast business in baseball? He says, your puppy. Two phone calls later, I'm working at a little independent team in Tyler, Texas. The next year in AAA, the next year after that, fill in major league games for ESPN Radio. And here we are in Round Rock. And here we are doing some Astros games. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a marvelous story, Mike. It's a, it's a pleasure to finally meet you after all these years. I know you have a game to do, so we're going to cut this off now. But uh, it's, it's been such a, a kick to talk about. Absolutely. Please, please do, Mike. You know, I, I think there's a lot of guys somewhere between your age and my age and, and maybe lower into their 40s that are spinning their wheels in a career that maybe they're making a boatload of money. But maybe they're dark. Maybe they've maybe they've hit a rut. And all I can say is, the best thing you can do is go somewhere and be really quiet. If you're spiritual, key into God and just listen. Follow your heart. If you can follow your heart, your dream is going to follow that. And and it works. It worked for me. I, I know a lot of people that it's worked for. And I would just counsel people to do that. There's enough unhappy people. Why spend the rest of your life doing something that you really don't want to do, even if you do make a lot of money at it? Well, you're an inspiration. Mike Capps, broadcaster for the Round Rock Express and the Houston Astros, a man who is living his dream on Life at the Ballpark. Thank you, sir. 